Morning. It's good to see y'all. I'm Jeff Ross. I'm one of the associate pastors here and uh, been with y'all a few times. And so it's fun to be back in, uh, in this space. So we're, uh, we're continuing our Chapel University. Uh, and uh, we've, we've talked for a few weeks about different functional and foundational pieces of uh, university life. And so uh, I thought today with this scripture passage, we'd talk about uh, sort of the uh, going off to college and being away from home and maybe some of the silly things, stupid things you did, <laughs> uh, uh, trying to live into making your own decisions. Uh, and so this, uh, this passage we're going to get to in a second uh, kind of talks about that uh, as uh, Moses and Israel are going through the, uh, the desert looking for the promised land. But to kind of catch you up, um, Abraham, Old Testament, uh, God calls Abraham to be the leader of a new nation. God's going to speak through Abraham to kind of show people how to get along. Uh, and it's a dream, it's an ideal, it's a hope. Uh, but the hope is that uh, God can work through this little group of people and that God's going to bless them, it says in the 12th chapter of Genesis, so they could be a blessing to everybody else. Um, and so that was the ideal and that was the goal. Uh, but we see through current events like this week that that didn't work out so good. Um, selfishness, pride, wanting my own stuff kind of get, got in the way of people following God. God says, follow me, trust me. Uh, and we kind of do our own thing and then run to God whenever things get uh, all crazy and, and whacked out. And, uh, and so uh, Abraham leads his family. Uh, for years they prosper and do well. Uh, then they're caught up in Egypt, and uh, that goes well for a little while. Then enslaved in Egypt, Moses comes to deliver them. We talked about Moses uh, a few weeks ago. And so uh, uh, as we enter the, the story today, uh, they've been wandering through the desert for a while. Folks are getting a little uh, antsy. Uh, and again, uh, sort of the trust and belief and, and faithfulness of people to follow God uh, sort of gets in the way of, well, maybe I have a better idea uh, all on my own. So we pick it up in the 32nd chapter, uh, verses 1 through uh, 10 or 1 through 14. And it says, when the people saw that Moses was, so Moses uh, was leading folks, and every once in a while he'd go away up on a mountain somewhere to talk to God. God would lead them by a pillar of fire, uh, and um, uh, Moses was the only one who really had close contact with God. Uh, Moses would go talk to God, and then he'd come down and tell people what God said to do. And so that sounds like a good plan, but obviously uh, sometimes people complain and say, well, why don't I get to talk to God? Why is Moses the only one that gets to do that? And so uh, little factions and groups sort of uh, get in the way of that. So when the people saw that Moses was gone and he was up on the mountain for a long time, they gathered around Aaron and said, come make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. And Aaron answered, well, okay, 
So take off your gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron, and he took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. And when Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day, the people rose up early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. And afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Then the Lord said to Moses, go down because your people whom you brought out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it. And they have said, these are your gods, Israel. They brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are stiff-necked people. Now leave me so that my anger may burn against me, against them, and I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favor of God, and he said, Lord, why should your anger burn against your people whom you've brought up out of Egypt with great power and might? And a mighty hand. Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that God brought them out just to kill them in the mountains and wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land that I promised them, and I will, it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. The word of God for the people of God. So uh, this is just the part of the story. It's a long story, the whole chapter of the 32nd chapter of Exodus. Uh, and it's a crazy story. It's kind of like, um, uh, so when, when you were growing up, got a couple of preacher's kids here. Uh, I know my kids were preacher's kids because I was a preacher. And, um, and so, uh, and I, I don't know if you want to think back about growing up, uh, if you had a, a pretty strict house or lenient house. Uh, my house was pretty strict, um, and I always noticed that there were kids who got away with everything. And, and you wondered, how did they get away with that? Did their parents not care? Did they have a way of talking to their parents to be able to get to do what they wanted to do? And then I remember uh, when you went to school, uh, or as you got a little older, or as you're getting older, uh, if you notice the, the same sort of thing, when you get a little freedom, uh, does it kind of go to your head and you abuse it? Like, oh no, I, I can stay up later, I can stay out later, and do you sort of take advantage of that, or did you take advantage of that, and how did you learn sort of uh, those lessons? That's a challenge growing up, right? Uh, you get a little more freedom because you want freedom, and your parents give it to you, and then, uh, what, do, what do I do? I've got to make good choices in order to hold on to it, but as a kid, you don't kind of think of in terms of, well, I need to make good choices. You just, uh, 
you just sort of, somebody says, hey, let's do this, uh, and you do it. And, and that's kind of what's going on in this passage. Moses, the parent, uh, is away, uh, and they don't know when he's coming back, and so they begin to talk, hey, dad's gone, <laughs> what, what should we do? And so they go to, to Aaron, uh, because he's the more lenient uh, uncle, I guess, uh, and they say, hey, uh, why, don't, why don't we do this? We'll have a big party. We'll make a, uh, some sort of God cast in gold that we'll bring to you. Uh, and we'll, since Moses is never here, and the God that he talks to, we're not really sure about. He's up on a mountain somewhere. We want something we can see and touch and hold on to. Uh, and so, so they do that. The, the funny thing is if you keep reading <laughs> is that Moses, after this conversation with God, he comes down from the mountain uh, and he sees Aaron. And he says, Aaron, what's going on? And Aaron's kind of like, well, because there's this golden calf. And when Moses comes down from the mountain, the, the people are engaged in the revelry that it talked about. Uh, and so they're singing and dancing and drinking, having a big party, dancing around this golden calf. Uh, and it's kind of obvious, can't hide it. Moses comes to Aaron and he says, what is this? And Aaron says, I don't know. It's fascinating to read this. Moses, because we just read that Aaron gives instructions to people about getting the gold casting a, a, a calf and then carving it to make it look like a calf. So, so Aaron is just totally into this. But when Moses comes down and confronts him, he says, I don't know. Uh, the people brought their gold, uh, threw it in the fire, and out pops this calf. That's, that's what Aaron says. And so isn't that kind of also like our excuse when our parents catch us doing something. They said, don't do this. We do it. They go, what happened? We go, well, I don't know. I don't know how it happened. It just kind of happened. We just, it's so hard for us to, to be on our own and, and to do the right thing. And, uh, and so um, as some of you are having children your, uh, yourselves now, it's also a, a big challenge because you have to decide, okay, which battles are worth fighting? Um, what are we going to do? What are the rules going to be in the house? Oh, and then what are we going to do when rules are, are broken? Um, and part of that is, uh, you know, talking with other parents about that um, because if, uh, if, if you're saying our kids can, uh, you know, stay up till 9 and uh, everybody else's kids are staying up till 10, that, that creates a little drama at your house. Well, everybody else gets to stay up till 10 or everybody else gets a dog. We want a dog because the neighbors have a dog. And that's kind of what happens in this story. The people say the other nations, uh, they have uh, idol gods uh, crafted that they can see and touch. So that's what we want. So they have uh, a golden calf. We want a, a golden calf. Or maybe um, I, I was fortunate in that my kids were just about, uh, you know, late high school age when cell phones became something that you could have. 
And so uh, my grandson now has a phone, uh, and he's nine, and he can use it for certain things. And um, he, has, he has now decided uh, to create a, uh, I'm going to get this wrong, and he may be watching, a YouTube channel where he uh, has, um, <laughs> he, he does voices. Uh, and so he's done that for the talent show at school. Uh, and he's uh, fascinated with having followers uh, on his little YouTube <laughs> channel. So that, I, I, I would have, I would just punt uh, if, if I was a parent. How do you figure out, is that a good thing, a bad thing? Or, and so you talk with other folks, and that's what's going on here. Folks are talking, and they're struggling. And so uh, Moses and, and God are talking. God says, hey, you better go down uh, and straighten out this mess. Um, and the, the, the struggle is, you know, kind of how do we stay focused? How do we stay on task uh, when so many things are happening uh, around us? Um, and when Moses is gone, when God's sort of out of the way, we, uh, we just do what we want. And so when... Uh, Aaron comes down, he has to confront Moses, or Moses confronts Aaron when, when Moses comes down uh, about what's going on and what they're going to do and how, how they're going to uh, solve this problem. And the, the dilemma is that left on our own, we, we tend not to make the best choices all the time. And if you go through the Old Testament, the, the history of that is pretty evident. In Genesis 3, Adam and Eve uh, mess up the garden. Uh, in Genesis 11, uh, they build the Tower of Babel, uh, trying to uh, uh, kind of build a staircase up into heaven so they can take over. In Genesis 37, the brothers of Joseph uh, throw him in a pit because uh, they, he's gotten to be annoying. Um, Isaiah 53, 6 says, We all like sheep have gone astray. And so we, we struggle, don't we? And, and I think that... Uh, Going away to college, uh, for those of you who have done that, or sort of moving out of the house, being on your own the first time, is, is sort of a kind of a test of, uh, am, am I just going to go nuts and go crazy, uh, or am I going to have some sense of uh, responsibility uh, in my life? And the challenge, I know it was for me, uh, of going to college and getting out of my family's house and, and being on my own, there's just so many things that you see uh, in that landscape. And I remember, I, I, I never uh, participated in the fraternity thing, uh, but I remember the, my freshman year, going to some fraternity parties. And there was this one guy who kind of helped me 
I, I think the temptation for me when I went off to college was just to just go nuts. Uh, I wasn't under the rule of my parents' house anymore. I could do what I wanted to. I was a long way from home, so uh, uh, chances are they weren't going to find out. Uh, and and uh, but I think that uh, I'd grown up in the church, and I think for some reason God was <laughs> keeping me from making some really bad choices. Because one of the first folks folks I met was at one of these fraternity. Uh, parties, and this guy had two or three of us uh, freshmen together, and he was explaining his uh, path in life. He was 29, maybe closer to 30 years old. He uh, was loving college. He was explaining that you only have to take a course or two to stay in college, Uh, And you could live this uh, fraternity life. And for the grace of God, I thought, geez, when I'm 28, 29, 30, I don't want to still be in college. Uh, I don't care how much fun he's having. And so I knew that that path wasn't the path that that I ought to take. And so I think that's, um, the, the, the sort of tension in the, the nature we have that, that God's trying to help through Abraham and through Moses and, and in all of the different ways that we uh, grow uh, to lead us in the right path. And, and God's often, uh, the image I like, especially as Jesus comes on the scene in the New Testament, um, he, he, he says, repent, turn, and follow me. And the image that I have in, in my head is uh, as Jesus comes on the scene, the world people of folks are, are all kind of in a crowd uh, and, and sort of that crowd mentality just going this way, just sheep following sheep. And when Jesus comes on the scene and he says, repent, turn, and follow me, the, the word repent actually means to turn and go in a different direction. So it's, it's like everybody and everything is going this way. And Jesus stands all by himself over here and says, look, the best life for you and for your family and for everybody is not that way. You're not going to find all that you want. It might look attractive. Uh, everybody else might be doing that. But, but the answer is not that way. It's this way. And so the idea of repenting and turning, and I think in, as, as God is leading Abraham and Moses and then David and, and then all of the other folks and all the way up to you and me, uh, God's desire is not uh, to, uh, if we get back to the uh, Aaron and Moses, um, with uh, Moses being gone, not to go crazy when uh dad and mom are away, uh, but to understand that, that God has our best interest at heart. He, he wants us to enjoy life. He wants us to enjoy friendships and family and love and hope and joy and all of those kinds of things. But he's, he's simply saying to us, it's not that way. It's not in the direction the world is trying to take you. It's this way. And, and so, um, and, and we learn that along the way. Uh, and I think this journey 
uh, that the, the Bible takes us on, this, this journey from here to there to get to uh, this place in relationship with God, is, is a similar journey to how we grow. Uh, as young children, uh, we learn to share, to get along with folks. We learn that uh, I have a toy and, and they have a toy, and I can't just take their toy, but uh, 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 we have to share in some degree. That's a hard lesson for uh, a little child. Uh, as you get into grade school and high school and child, college, uh, you have to learn to think that life's not just about you and your happiness, but there's other people uh, somewhere maybe beyond or in high school, college, or beyond, we learn about love, uh, about setting aside uh, uh, everything th uh, uh, about us to be able to be in relationship and, and connection with other people. Um, and, uh, and we see in this story particularly uh, the temptation uh, to turn away from God uh, is constant. So Moses has only been gone for a little while, uh, but that little while is enough for the, the, the people to begin to get nervous, to begin to, the first thing they say is, we don't know what's happened to Moses. Maybe he's dead. We're on our own now. We've got to figure this out. Um, and so what is it? that we hang on to? How do we uh, find our way? Well, I, th I think that part of living in community is this uh, knowledge, this teaching, this balance of, of faith. And so, um, I, I, like I said, I, I grew up in the church, and I think that there's some connection to that in my first year of college. Uh, there was something that I learned in all of those experiences, all of the good that Sunday school teachers and youth directors and everybody put in my head so that when I see this image of this 29-year-old excited fraternity brother, <laughs> that, that, that something clicked that that's not the way that I want to go. And so uh, I, I think that sometimes we struggle, especially in our faith, uh, with what to, to hang on to. Uh, and um, I love that all through the Old and New Testament, there are these summary passages. Um, because I think the hope is that we can take the summary passages uh, and not beat ourselves up over not knowing the whole Bible, but the summary pieces kind of ground us and help us stay together. It's kind of like the mission statement or the alma mater of a college or the, the fight song of your school or whatever. Those are smaller chunks that you can hang on to to know the mission and, and direction. Uh, at, at the church at, uh, here at Roswell, uh, we use this kind of moniker of helping people live a Christ-centered life. Uh, that's a short uh, piece that, that we can remember um, to kind of help us stay on task. Um, and so Jesus does that, right? Seek first the kingdom of heaven and everything else will fall into place. Um, 
Don't trust in your own understanding, Proverbs chapter 3. Don't trust in your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge God, and God will direct your paths. Jesus talks to his disciples about denying themselves and taking up their cross and following him. In, in the Jewish faith, um, as Moses is, is kind of leading folks, one of the things they did was put uh, a little um, remembrance piece on their doorpost. And as they enter the door, uh, they would touch it. The Lord your God is one God. In the Catholic Church, uh, somebody invented the, the rosary, and it's a, a prayer that you pray through the rosary. Um, also, crossing yourself. And I think those uh, simple things, touching, feeling, holding, uh, are, are, are uh, the, these short memory verses or the ways in which we can hold on to our faith in difficult times. When, we're, when the parents are gone, when we're on our own, what is it that keeps us grounded and faithful? What is it that reminds us of who we are and where we've come from? Uh, maybe there's something that your family has done, a tradition, uh, something that, that y'all do uh, that helps that. Uh, there are uh, places where I have gone that do that. Camp Glisten is a place I've, I've been to a lot, and it's just sort of a grounding place. I would imagine that for many of you, this chapel, I know for many folks here at Roswell United Methodist, this space is a sacred space. And it's a place you could come to if you've got a struggle or something to pray about or think about or just being in this place uh, does that. Um, having those grounded places. Uh, I remember... Uh, that at, uh, I spent, I went to a number of colleges, uh, but I, I spent most of my time at two, ABAC, a junior college down in Tifton, Georgia, and then West Georgia College. And uh, neither one of those colleges were Christian schools, uh, but they both had chapels, uh, which is interesting. Um, and so, at both of those schools, there, uh, those chapels were places where a long way from home and, um, and fighting, I think, trying to hold in tension uh, my Christian faith and roots with uh, the temptations, decisions, struggles of being on my own and setting my own course in life. Uh, there were a lot of times where those decisions and directions uh, were elusive and trying to figure out who I was, who I was going to be, what was important in my life, and where all that was going to go. And so the temptation in all of those places is kind of to build this golden calf and go off on my own and, and leave the, the traditions and faith that I, I grew up with. But in those chapels were places where I, I would go to pray just to think, just to 
go, what am I doing? Where am I going? What's this all going to look like? Uh, when I was anxious, when I was nervous, when I couldn't see the future. And so where are those places for you? And how are you building those kinds of places of uh, just of uh, peace and of hope and of guidance and uh, a a realization that uh, even if it feels like God's up on the mountain a long way away, that God's not, that God's here, he's with us. God continues to lead and guide us, even when it feels like maybe he's silent for a while. Um, I'm, I'm thankful for the chance uh, and the freedom that my parents gave me to go away to school. Um, I don't, I don't know if they thought that was a, uh, a good idea. I wonder what type of Jeff will come back from this experience. Um, but I think they trusted all of the foundational pieces um, that they had uh, put in place when I was growing up. And, uh, and that's part of what we do, right, with our families is to put in the foundational pieces so that when we get to the point, like in this story, when the parents are away, uh, what's the hope and the trust that uh, ourselves and our kids, our grandkids, uh, will make good choices? Let us pray. God, we recognize that we don't always make good choices. And sometimes from those experiences, we we learn valuable lessons. But we recognize too, God, that the the opportunity to step out on our own is a a huge freedom that you've given us and that our families give us. Uh, And it's part of what we we do in life is uh, grow up and step out. And I, I pray for families right now, God, in here that are uh, struggling with the right sort of balance of, of rules and responsibility, of freedom and uh, of watching over. Uh, help us with that. That's hard. Um, and we also, God, pray this morning for, for each other. Because that that process never ends, really. Uh, We continue to have hard choices. And the temptation is always to feel like uh, we need to do this on our own uh, versus try to find you in the mix of that. So I pray this morning for for folks that are struggling with choices um, uh, about the future, about what's next, about what's going on. Um, that, that we would use all of the wisdom and guidance that you've given us, but God, that we would still hold on to our faith and our trust and our belief that you are guiding us and that we would seek your face. We would seek the wisdom of, uh, of folks who can guide us, that we wouldn't be afraid to share where we're maybe anxious or afraid or in need, that we would recognize that you've put people in our, in our path that can and would love to help us 
with that. God, we thank you for this day. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.